Are you one of the many couples who began your relationship in what we call the high octane or honeymoon stage, but now life has you wondering, where did all that love and connection go? Hey, if this sounds like part of your current story, welcome to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. We want to help you experience God's best in marriage, a relationship that is stronger, deeper, and more exciting than ever before. So meet my wife and co-host, Stuart Anderson. And he's my husband and co-host, Dr. David Anderson. It's time for you to become the heroes of your marriage story. So let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. Hello, everyone. We are so glad that you found us today. We have an episode that we think think is going to speak to all of us. It's episode number 39. The title is How to Stay in Your Own Shoes Even When Your Spouse is Off Track. Yes, and I know this is going to speak to all of us because it's so relevant for married people, including us as you'll hear about in just a moment. But first, what do we mean by stay in your own shoes? Simply put, it means to stay true to yourself and not be shaken by your spouse's state of negativity or emotionality, but staying true Mm. to who I want to be. Yeah, you know, all of us are capable of getting to that negative or irrational place where we all escalate and, you know, become impulsive with what we say. But the the question is, how do we stay in our own shoes and not join our spouse in all of their craziness? Exactly. So you see, joining in with our spouse or coming out of our shoes only fuels the destructive dance between two people. Now, you may say, David Stewart, that's our problem. Neither one of us can't seem to resist, like, biting that hook. Oh, yeah. You know, like, we totally influence each other's state of mind or mood. Mm, Well, that's what we want to talk about today. It's how to stay in your own shoes. Now, to start off with, it's important that you take responsibility for coming out of your own shoes in the first place whenever you do it. It's Mm. not your spouse's fault. Exactly. And folks, you know, we call that giving your club away. Now, let me tell you just a minute what we mean by giving your club away. And this is going to date us, Stuart, somewhat. (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) Because I'm going to give you an illustration in a cartoon back in the day, like when, when I was a kid, when Stuart was a kid. And even for you younger couples, I know you've heard of these characters. But the name of the cartoon was the Flintstones, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, there was Barney and Wilma and Fred, right? I kind of (laughs) resonated with Wilma. Did (laughs) you? Well, you know, um, Barney had a son and his name was Bam Bam, right? And he got his name because he would walk around with this club and he'd hit everything. And as he was doing it, he'd say, Bam, 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 Bam. So he he got his name Bam Bam. Mm -hmm. Well... Listen, hang with me. You'll you'll see where I'm going with this in just a minute. But let's pretend that when you're born, you're automatically issued your Bam Bam Club. So everybody in the world has a Bam Bam Club, okay? But there are two rules. Rule number one, the only club that can hurt you is your own club. So if I take my club and hit Stuart with it, 
right? Not physically necessarily, but <laughs> even like with my words, right? We right. we do that as couples. If I were to hit Stuart with my club, she doesn't even feel it, right? The only club that can hurt her is her own club. All right. Now slow down because every time you tell this, I have to think really hard. Okay. The only club that I can hurt my, myself with is my own club. Correct. Your club will not hurt me. Exactly. Okay. But let's say I do hurt you, mm-hmm. right? With that rule in mind, whose club did I use? Well, you used my club. Exactly. I used your club. That's rule number one. Rule number two is I can't take your club from you. So now the question is, mm. how did I get your club? Mm. Right? And of course, the answer is you gave it away. Exactly. Right. You give me your club and now I have power over you. Another way of saying it is we surrender our power to other people or sometimes circumstances, for that matter. And then those people have power over me, power over how I feel, uh, my emotionality, you know, whether I'm geared up or chilled out. Like now all of a sudden, if Stuart gives me her club or her power, now I have power over her, Mm. okay? That's really important. So Stuart... You have your own story of successfully like staying in your own shoes or watch this, keeping, keeping your my club. <laughs> exactly. You keeping your club. You have your own story just the other day between the two of us. Yeah, I do. You want me to tell it? I sure do. If, <laughs> if you're comfortable with it. Okay. So help me with the details if I get off track. But we were in the process of trying to get... A what's called a builder's risk policy for the construction of our house. And it took a few days of talking with numerous people to get the correct policy endorsement. Actually, and and can I just add one thing? Yeah. Keep this in mind, that little scenario. Like it seems like almost everything has been delayed on, on <laughs> right. getting down the road and building this home. So now this next thing pops up. We need builder's risk insurance. Right. All right, go ahead. So I had been in contact with the correct people and and the process was working. It was just a matter of time waiting for responses. Well, we went out to the property, checked the progress, and David was his anxiety level rose a little bit because he wants to keep moving forward as we both do. Sure. And so on the way back, he he questioned me about the builder's risk policy and wanted to know if that process had been finished and I tried to tell him, no, we were waiting on people who were supposed to respond the next day. So he proceeded to say, well, I think you need to call and I think you need to go check on people. And he started escalating. But I just told him, honey, the process is working and and I'm, I can't take on the anxiety you're feeling right mm. now because I'm choosing not to. Yeah, you sure did. Like that was your way of saying... I am not going to go there with you. Right. You, you can you can trip out all you want. You can escalate all you want. You can get all bent out of shape. But I'm not going to give you my club. I'm not going to give you my power and join you in all of this emotionality. Right. And right? lose control. Right. So I, I just think that is a perfect example of what it means to stay in your own shoes. 
See, we're not saying that this is easy because it's not. And I know, you know, Stuart, for you to like stay in your own shoes, um, I know that took intentionality for you, it, you know, to pull that off. Because mm-hmm. I know sometimes there's going to be pushback, right? Yeah, exactly. And in fact, you know, it's very difficult to do this um, because giving away our club, or should I say, giving away our power, becomes a habit mm. in relationships. And I know that's true for many people out there. And habits are very, very difficult to replace. Right. Now, let's be clear. You and I, David and I, have had our moments of not staying in our own shoes and giving our club away. And when we've done that, it totally takes away our opportunity to help each other in the situation. You know, if if I had joined in with David when he was in that place of high anxiety, I would have fueled the situation and it would have gotten worse or it would have helped him to stay stuck there. Mm. See, that is such a good word, because when I think about that drive home, from that property, and you basically said, "Hey, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not going there with you to mm-hmm. and escalate with you and that kind of thing. I'm, I've chosen to keep kind of peaceful inside over mm-hmm. this. Right? That really did help me. It, mm-hmm. it in some ways, it kind of woke me up. Like, ah, gosh, she's so right. Like, look at me. I'm over here tripping out, and she's not going to entertain the dance with me." Right to to trip out with me, and that really did help me kind of get my bearings and uh, you know my wheels back on the ground, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That's really important. So, you know, the question is, how do you stay in your shoes or keep your club, if you will? Listen, friends, it's completely about your self talk or your thinking. I mean, Stuart definitely got intentional about her self-talk or narrative. And, you know, if you guys have been following us uh, over time, you know we talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, being in charge of my narrative. What is it that I'm telling myself? And that's what I love about the Romans 12 verse, where Paul says, hey, don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed changed Mm -hmm. by the renewing of your mind, like where we will think differently. Thinking is so powerful. And and so much so, we believe it goes in this sequence. What we think or our narrative determines what we feel. Mm -hmm. And what we feel determines what we actually do, right? So Stuart, in this story, you know, she was very clear um, and intentional about her self-talk. And I'd love for you for just a moment, honey, like talk about, if you will, your self-talk in that. What what were you saying to yourself about this notion of, you know, staying in your own shoes and, and not getting emotional or, you know, all twisted out of shape with me? Well, you know, it actually started before the moment because you and I had had discussions about minimizing the anxiety that's coming with this house building process and that how we wanted to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, I started processing a, many different thoughts. And, and some of it was that was we agreed that we're going to minimize anxiety. Um, 
number two, I kind of assessed where you were and you'd been busy with work and again in a high anxiety state. And I knew that some of that was carrying over into the moment. So I talked to myself about my own tone of voice, about my the volume, about how I was going to answer you. And I intentionally used a calm voice. And I can tell you this, I even turned and looked out the window mm. so that I wouldn't have eye contact with you. <laughs> I remember doing that just so I could calm it down a little bit. You know, I, I, I really love that. I do. And, you know, some of you listeners out there, you may say to yourself, okay, so what kind of self-talk goes on with you uh, when you do choose to bite that hook, when you do t- choose to enter into that destructive dance. Mm. And, you know, the self-talk may be, uh, in, in fact, and let, let me kind of put some words into Stuart's mouth. Had she been the other person, right, who entered in and kind of joined me in all the stress and the angst, uh, perhaps her self-talk may have been something like this. Well, my goodness, what's wrong with me? You know, um, he's right. I, maybe I should um, be uh, more intentional about dealing with these builders and these insurance people, and I dropped the ball. Oh, or, or I right? messed up again. Yeah, I messed up again. Oh, or, let me figure out what I can say to tell him how I'm going to fix it. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, what do we say? Thoughts determine feelings. So that kind of self-talk generates feelings of her own anxiety, mm. of her own sense of, you know, I'm not getting it right and, and fear, right? Self-talk can do that, but she didn't enter into that kind of narrative, right? She clearly stated in her own mind, this is who I want to be today. Mm-hmm. today. Even though David is, you know, been all out of shape, I'm not going to be that person and that was her self-talk. That's completely new person behavior. Right? And, and let me add this. I want to say this again, that I had had some of that self-talk before we got into the situation because mm-hmm. I wanted to be fortified. I wanted to be ready. I didn't want to experience the anxiety anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it was before that I decided, okay, this is how we're going forward. We're not going to escalate. We're not going to let uh, worry come in and take over. Mm-hmm. Um, when we have questions about the process, we're just going to be as calm as possible, be as rational as possible, and speak the truth. That That is so good. And for some of you folks, you may say, David, Stuart, that's so easy you know, for you, but it's not for mm-hmm. me. And the fact is, the truth is, it's not easy, Mm-mm. right? Because what did I say earlier? You know, our self-talk is habit. Mm-hmm. What we tell ourselves is habit. That's why... Thinking is so hard to change. So it's important that that we decide, you know, who is it that I want to be? You know, what does this new person tell themselves, right? Um, if I get into that self-talk that I'm, I'm not worthy or I'm not enough, or clearly his anxiety is because of something I'm doing or not doing, that is just a lie. That's irrational self-talk. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we we really keep tuned to what we tell ourselves, this this habit of thinking. So when Stuart, you know, 
talk to herself as that new person, right? That truthful person who is telling herself the truth. That was ultimately not only a win for Stuart, but frankly, it was a win for me as well, right? Because as she said earlier, you know, it helped me not stay stuck there, right? Because she wasn't going to dance with me. And, you know, like, I don't mind telling that story, Mm. you know, to our listeners, because, you know, it's, it's just human. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, that's who we are, too. We're we're having to fight this battle all the time. This is part of our journey. It is. It's part of all of our journeys. Mm -hmm. That's the key. Mm. So listen, I think uh, this is really important, too. In previous episodes, we, we've talked about this concept of enmeshment or codependency, right? And it's basically this dynamic of two people being joined at the hip, if you will. That um, like when my spouse isn't feeling joy, then I don't feel joy. If my spouse is kind of off the chain, like I was you know, a few days ago, um, then uh, with their emotions, then I'm put there too. And listen, somebody needs to decide to take the high road by not keeping or giving their club away to their spouse and, and choosing, God, there's that word, I love the mm-hmm. word choose, choosing to be that person that is God's best. Mm. That's, that's really, really key. Oh, yeah, I hope that, you know, this is going to take practice and work, but that's where you and I try to be, is at that place where somebody takes the high road. No, no question. And listen, here's why we said earlier that we think that this is a topic that most couples resonate with. Stuart and I, as many of you know, we do intensives intensives with couples. Uh, we just met with uh, a couple today. And, um, you know, it's it's more than just like, you know, 45, 50 minutes, an hour, but it's it's more significant time with people. And it is intensive uh, where we navigate with them. We walk with them. We hear their story. And listen, I know this is relevant for people because we hear this stuff all the time with mm-hmm. other couples. Like where couples have this enmeshment thing that goes on, this codependency thing where Instead of impacting one another for good, they impact one another by joining one another. Like, I can't stand in my own shoes, be my own person, and choose like the emotional state that I want to be in, regardless of what my husband is doing, regardless of what my wife is doing, that I can choose to be this person that I know with everything I have, that this is God's best for me. Mm-hmm. And when couples get to that place where, although they are one in marriage, two flesh are one flesh becoming, uh, or two flesh becoming one, mm-hmm. as the scripture says, although we are one, we still are individuals. And I have my own club, power, Stuart has hers. And I get to choose if I'm going to give it away or not, as does she. You know, when you were talking, I I had a thought, and I want to ask you this question. Um, To stay in your own shoes and 
and be the person you want to be, you you have to do that without being righteous and mm. indignant. Did when I said I'm not going to join you there, did you feel like I was dismissing you? Mm. Or that that's a great question. I, the answer is no. I did mm. not interpret you that way. In fact, what I interpreted was my wife over there is solid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I saw power, and I mean power in a in a good way, in a healthy way. I I could discern that you were intentionally being the woman that you know is pleasing to God, the person mm-hmm. that is pleasing to God. And you know, unfortunately, I think a lot in our culture, a lot of times women um uh, and I want to be careful here because I don't want to overgeneralize, but I do believe in our culture, oftentimes women believe that um, having power um, is not a good thing. Mm. You know, that that y- your role is to just, you know, let your husband trip out and, you know, he'll get over it. And, you know, I don't want to fan the flame, so to speak, by showing my power to choose. And that's that's completely not the truth, right? The truth is you are an, an individual with power. God has given you that. He's made you in his image. And Stuart, you had the power to say, hey, I'm not going there with you. I love you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to help you. I, I want to assure you that Hey, I'm taking care of this business that uh, I'm responsible for. But if you want to trip out, have at it. But I'm not going to participate in that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was a great question. I did not see that as aloof or anything like that. I, I just saw you as a powerful person. Well, sometimes the word power has different connotations for different people. And I thank you for describing it that way. Uh, maybe another word is the confidence of mm-hmm. who I was, you know, mm-hmm. that I was holding on to that confidence in the moment. That is such such a good word. And and I believe that when people do that, when men and women do that in marriage, it becomes a strong marriage because mm-hmm. now it's iron sharpening iron, as the scripture says. Like Stuart's one of her responsibilities, as with me, is to help one another live out God's best, to think differently. And that was a day that you helped me do that. Mm. And I, I want other couples doing that. Yeah, we <laughs> so. do. We do. All right. So I guess it's time for our call to action. Okay. Um, well, yeah. let's start with this. For all of you out there, we want you to think about times in your marriage story when you clearly came out of your shoes by giving your club away to your spouse or escalating or or becoming part of the emotionality of the moment. Mm. Yeah, do that. I, we really want you to think about some of those times, not to go back there and beat yourself up for it or, right. you know, be stuck there. But, you know, make it a learning kind of part of your story. Like, yeah, I remember that time when I joined you mm-hmm. uh, out of fear, out of my own self-talk, whatever. I gave my power away to you. Mm-hmm. But think about some of those times. And then we want you to decide what you could have done to remain in your shoes, like to not, not budge, not give your club away, all right? Perhaps it's 
was to change your self-talk. And if so, what would your self-talk had to have been in that moment, that thing that you, or that event that you thought about earlier on in your story where you gave your club away, what would your self-talk, what would it had had to been to remain on that solid ground emotionally, stay in your shoes, mm. right? Right. And then we want you to have a conversation with your spouse about what it means to remain one, but also individuals who are in charge and confident of your own emotional state. We will help ourselves and each other if we resist joining in on the other's dance, so to speak. Mm. You know, David talked about how these are habits that are hard to break. So it's, it's going to be helpful for you to talk with your spouse about how to journey through this. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what Stuart just said, you know, to have that conversation. And, you know, what, what would it mean to remain individuals where, like where you're saying to yourself, we will help ourselves and each other if we resist joining in on the other person's dance. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's life changing right there. Really life-changing. It's so important to have this conversation just as a way of saying we need this for our marriage and to become more stable for each other. Absolutely. So that's your call to action. Folks, we also want to ask you to please join us on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Dr. David Anderson, Impacting People. Listen, folks, you're going to get a daily dose of encouragement and tools to live God's best in your marriage. Um Also, we would love for you to leave a review on the podcast platform that you're on. Uh, You know, say something about uh, how this podcast hopefully has truly impacted your marriage. Because when you do that, it it completely changes the algorithm where other people are going to be able to hear this podcast. Um, And it it would really help us kind of expand the territory, if you will, of our Red Truck Marriage listeners. And just share tools with others who aren't listening, and and perhaps you can draw them to this podcast. So, yes, we love walking with you as we all try to navigate marriage. It's not good to do it alone. That's exactly right. So to remember, always drive the red truck in your marriage. Bye for now. (music) 